go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. And you are listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 13 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. You can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. And now we want to welcome those listeners who are joining us for the first time. We're in the middle of a series that is near and dear to our hearts, a series on what it means to rebuild and renew the Catholic family as the domestic church. Amen. Throughout this series, we look at the sacred scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of the saints, and the teaching of the church as we seek to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew the Catholic faith here in America. And we're discovering that restoring the Catholic family as a domestic church is critical both to rebuilding the Catholic faith here in America as well as placing our families in the Lord's holy presence for blessing, protection, nurture, and stability. Yes, Peter, the family indeed needs to be nurtured and protected and built up at this time in history. And we've covered a lot of ground so far. We're actually on our eighth broadcast dedicated to this important topic. And if you're just joining us and you would like to go back and listen to the other broadcasts in this series, please go to catholicradioindy.org and access our podcasts on the family. Mm-hmm. Well, we've covered, uh, Peter, the church's understanding of the family from the Old Testament and New Testament, and what the early church fathers said about the family. They're the ones that coined the uh, description of the family as the domestic church. Yes, they did. Well, then we discussed Vatican II and how they rediscovered the Catholic family as the domestic church, a concept which had been lost for over 1,500 years. And then lastly, we covered in detail God's purpose for the family is articulated by St. Pope John Paul II, along with Pope Benedict XVI's theology of the family. Yes, Leslie. And finally, we discussed what Pope Benedict referred to as a quiet attrition taking place in the Catholic Church here in America in his ad limina gathering with the Catholic bishops in 2011. This is what he said to the bishops. The obstacles to Christian faith and practice raised by a secularized culture also affect the lives of believers, that's us, Leslie, leading at times to what he called a quiet attrition from the church, which the bishops raised with him during his pastoral visit. The attrition specifically seen in some of the data we've covered in this series is this. Right, that's impacting the family. Right. 
Baptisms of infants declined by 20% between 1965 and 2022. First communions, they started tracking these in 1990, declined by almost 16%. Interesting, confirmations during that same period of time remain stable. And then finally, marriages showed the most significant decline between 1965 and 2022, declining by 35%. And this mirrors the general decline in marriage reported throughout the United States. So unfortunately, Peter, we can see that that secularized culture is impacting the family. But last week, as we like to say in our broadcast, we are committed to being solutions-oriented. Amen to that. And we shared five strategies that can practically begin to rebuild the Catholic family as a domestic church. Peter, I think it would be good if we review those five strategies from last week to set the tone for the rest of our program today. Yes, Leslie, and as I mentioned last week, these strategies come from Joe Paprocki, who's a doctor of ministry, who's a national consultant for faith formation at Loyola Press, and he's been involved in the catechetical ministry for over 35 years and is on the national stage for catechetical renewal, and he's a prolific author as well. So here are the strategies that we mentioned last week. Number one, flexibility. Because families are so busy, and we've talked a lot about that, and are pulled in so many different directions, it's more important than ever to provide options and flexibility when it comes to sacramental preparation. Children come out of sequence for the sacraments, and that's the new normal. The second strategy was evangelization. Today, it's safe to assume that a large number of parents are themselves in need of evangelization and catechesis. Right. Perhaps they didn't attend Mass regularly for years. Maybe they didn't receive much religious instruction. And more and more parents today are children of divorce or blended families. So conversion and ongoing conversion is essential for all of us. Our third strategy that we mentioned last week is called New Methods. Many parishes are turning to faith formation programs that can be described as family catechesis. And I love this point, Leslie. I do too. I think it's a wonderful approach. Yeah, this is an approach that combines monthly intergenerational gatherings, including time together as a family and opportunities for adult formation while the children attend a session with their catechists. Then with in-home lessons and projects, children and their parents can work together. As a matter of fact, our daughter and her parish practice practices this regularly. The fourth strategy was technology and social media. Of course, we know that these devices can foster better communication with our families, and it's important that the church uses the latest technology in social media formats. And not just use it to share logistics, dates, and times. We see this being done quite a bit right now, but also use it as a vehicle for faith formation. Um, For example, you can utilize uh, social media to deliver brief, inspirational, catechetical messages to deepen the parents' faith as they lead their children. And I think it's so important because our families are busy that we're able to provide these experiences for those who can't attend class and just make arrangements ahead of time to record the session. Yeah, right. So our fifth strategy is what we call active listening. Part of our job as family and parish leaders is to listen, isn't it? And to listen actively and compassionately as individuals, couples, and families, their stories, many of which become very complex, we want to get to know them so that we can better serve them. 
Our focus, and this is so important, Leslie, I think, is not to administer programs, but also to minister to people. And while we're not counselors or therapists, obviously, we can care and seek to heal wounds and bring people closer to our Lord Jesus. Right. There's a lot of broken people and families. Yes. And active listening is also called by some attending to people. You know, when I taught in high school, we've talked about that before, I was involved in a program that I used this process to teach students to become good listeners as well. It's a great skill to learn whether you're a pastoral minister a lay leader, a teacher, or a parent. I think we all need to learn this. Yeah, amen. (laughs) So it's time for our first break now. And when we return, we will introduce six more key strategies that both families and parishes can begin to implement to build the family as the domestic church. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. An interview with Father Trenton Rauch and his story on how Catholic Radio influenced his vocation. I was not struck uh, by lightning and knocked off my horse. I had a lot of time driving in the car listening the radio and I just got to a point where I would prefer to listen to something that would be in intellectually stimulating and um, at the same time I was learning about the faith particularly the apologetics Catholic radio building faith building vocations welcome back to our radio program go rebuild my church we're exploring the call to rebuild and renew the Catholic family as the domestic church and in our last segment we reviewed the first set of strategies that families and parishes can implement to rebuild the family. As we've emphasized on this program, we're committed to be solutions-oriented. So today we want to continue to share some of these proven strategies that will renew the Catholic family. Peter, where do we begin? Well, Leslie, we're going to begin with another set of strategies. And again, these are really going to become tools in the toolbox that parents and parishes can begin to use to bring some of these uh forceful, powerful um, dimensions to play into the Catholic family as a domestic church. The first one for today is what we call equipping. Many of parents and families we minister to have not learned of domestic Catholic traditions, such as displaying a crucifix, a Bible, or an image of Jesus or Mary in the home. And we will need to teach families about such traditions and provide them with information about where they can acquire these religious symbols for their home. For instance, I was thinking of my study, Leslie, and I went through some of the things as I was looking around it. There's icons there, third-class relics, holy water, okay? There are also... Uh, a rock that I got out of the Sea of Galilee, where supposedly the disciples met Jesus when he made them breakfast in John 21. Also, there's Bibles, also saints and stories of saints, and also quotes. Well, and then when our granddaughters were visiting us uh, two weeks ago, you went through all of your uh information that was in your study and kind of walked the girls through that. That was fun. They really liked that rock from the Sea of Galilee. I know. So likewise, we need to equip families with practical suggestions for integrating the faith into their daily living. Some suggestions could include to say in Our Father whenever you start a long car trip or keep a prayer jar for special prayer intentions or Mm -hmm. requests 
or to find out when a family member's important meeting or test is and remember to pray at all times for uh, just our different family members. Mm -hmm. In our family, we have a tradition of doing that, and our adult children reach out to us for prayer needs for their families if there's an illness, a career decision, or they're maybe buying a new home. And that seems like it is daily, doesn't it, so often? Yes. Our, Our next strategy for today is the importance of coaching. What do I mean by that? Parents today really need assistance just learning the ins and outs of parenting. It's less common today for extended families to live together under one roof, right, and in the same building as built-in support system for new parents. So many parents are completely on their own with little or no knowledge of how to go about the task of parenting. More and more catechetical leaders are coming to see themselves as coaches for parents, providing them with the help they need to flourish as parents who can raise their children in mind, body, and spirit. One of the things, Leslie, that you and I were involved in in our evangelical days is there were a lot of teaching around just how to raise children and how to parent, and we've seen more of this now beginning to take place in the Catholic parishes. Well, this is where we need to see the need for modern-day discipleship approach to our families. The culture really doesn't support our family Catholic values anymore, so we really have to become proactive and come alongside our young families. And older parents, grandparents, those proven in the faith, they can become mentors throughout the Catholic community. And you don't have to have done your parenting perfectly, because we can share also what we've learned from our own mistakes raising our children. So you don't have to be perfect. Exactly, Leslie. The next strategy, and this is really, I love this strategy, is facilitating faith sharing in our families. A crucial part of faith formation, I believe, is the sharing of one's faith. It's especially critical that children hear their parents talk about their faith, isn't it? And there's a great scripture that I love, Leslie, Psalm 78. And this is a psalm that talks about the generations sharing with each other. And I'd like to just share a couple of those verses. It says this, Give ear, my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we've not heard or known, that our ancestors have told us. Like this, Leslie, we will not hide them from our children. We will tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and the might and the wonders he has done. And then it goes on, and a couple verses later, it says that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and raise up and tell them to their children. So here you see the generations sharing, faith sharing, and telling stories about the Lord's work in the generations. Well, I do think we need to become more intentional in this area and make sure it is a priority to always invite parents and children to engage with one another in sharing their faith and praying together. And especially, I think, the importance of storytelling in the family. We have some wonderful stories that we share with our children on a routine basis just about how the Lord met us in certain places. And I think it's really, really good that we continue to do that. Yes, one of the stories that I've made sure to tell each of our children, Leslie, is when I was nine years old, and my mother, as an Irish Catholic mother, faithfully prayed for me every night because my dad at that time was not a Catholic, and then also he was working nights. 
and she would put me down to bed and pray prayers over me. And then one night, as I told our children many times, the lights went off in the hallway, but the spiritual lights came on in my room. And there Jesus revealed himself to me, and he revealed himself to me by showing me himself on the cross. And it was like a crucifixion picture that I had never seen before because on the cross, there he was beaten, bruised, and naked and looked very beat up. And I'd never seen that before. Well, later I found that that's what Isaiah taught us that Jesus looked like when he hung on the cross. But it seemed as I told that story to our children when they were young and even as teenagers, it registered to them that an encounter with Jesus Christ was so important to the faith that we were raised raising them in. Well, also part of faith sharing is praying together. And you can facilitate that as a family by developing a family prayer time. And it really can help bring about a spirituality in your family that maybe is perhaps missing. Um, For example, we would pray on Sunday. So we had a family prayer time on Sunday when the children were growing up. We'd bring them all into the family room, and we'd all join together, and we'd go around the circle, and each of them would present one of their own prayer requests before the Lord, a prayer need. Right, and we were training them that they too could pray, and that they could pray out of their hearts, that uh, prayers out of your heart as well as prayers that were written could be very important to their spiritual journeys as well. Well, it's time for us to take another short break, and when we return, we will discuss the final three strategies that both families and parishes can implement to foster the domestic church, so please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Learn more about the Catholic faith in a fun, exciting way. It's Catholic Challenge 2.0. Test your Catholic knowledge with questions like this. What title of our Blessed Mother is used in the name of the National Shrine in Washington, D.C.? Is it the Immaculate Conception, Queen of Peace, or Notre Dame? Answers to this and more with Catholic Challenge 2.0. Catholic Challenge 2.0 every Thursday afternoon at 4.30 on Catholic Radio Indy. You are listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we are offering six final strategies for families and parishes to bring about a rebuilding of the family as a domestic church. In the previous segment, we shared three of the six strategies. We talked about equipping our families, coaching our young parents, and facilitating faith sharing in our families. And all of these focus on building up the family unit. So, Peter, what comes next? What are the last three strategies we can offer to our listeners today? Right, Leslie. So the next one is to encourage rituals. Now, what do we mean by that? In today's society, it's obsessed with empirical data. It's all, it's all around us. While our Catholic faith is an invitation, really, to encounter mystery. That requires a different form of expression, doesn't it? Namely, ritual. Now, what do we mean by that? A ritual can be described as a ceremonial or formal rite that we incorporate into our daily lives with the intent of being mindful about drawing our family into the mysteries of our faith. One of the most powerful ways that families can develop their own spirituality is to establish and practice family rituals. 
And it doesn't have to be complicated. I'd say I would recommend just start small by saying grace before meals if you aren't already. Mm -hmm. Um, Blessing your children at bedtime and maybe saying a prayer with them before they leave for school. If you're doing carpool, you can say the prayer in the car. Uh, Reading the Bible on a regular basis to your children or at special times of the year like Christmas, lighting an Advent wreath. Uh, One of my favorite memories from my family is my mother's ritual of lighting a votive candle on the stove in the kitchen when she was praying for some particular need. It reminded her to pray throughout the day for that intention, and that's something that I've tried to do in my adult life as well. And I, I really also was thinking about the ritual in the Jewish faith, Peter, of lighting the candles at sunset before they would begin the Sabbath. That's a beautiful tradition that has really withstood the test of time, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think recently when we were at church, we took one of our grandchildren to light candles in front of an icon to bring a prayer need and make them aware of that's one thing we can do as Catholics. Right, that's a beautiful ritual. Amen. The next strategy is activate the faith. This emphasis, the need not only to teach our children the faith, but also to activate their faith, Leslie. In other words, we need to mobilize our families into what I would say like armies whose task is to provide corporal and spiritual works of mercy and to do those as a family, right? Families should be encouraged to participate together in mercy experiences like service opportunities so that they can come to see selfless love as the heart of discipleship. Yes, we've seen some parishes beginning to coordinate days of service, and Mm -hmm. I think this is a wonderful opportunity to get the whole family together to serve someone in the community. Mm -hmm. And this is where we can actively engage the words of Pope St. John Paul II, from his apostolic exhortation, Familiaris Consortio. We covered this in a previous program. Right. And he said that families should share in the life and mission of the church, and I think that's so important, and it bears repeating at this point. So listen to what he said. The family finds in the plan of God, the creator and the redeemer, not only its identity, but also its mission, what it can and should do. The role that God calls the family to perform in history derives from what the family is. Okay, every family, find within yourself a summons that cannot be ignored and that specifies both its dignity and responsibility. And he ends with a challenge, family, become what you are. Right, and so he's implying there that what the family is, is this family that's on mission with the focus, as we're saying here in this point, to go out and do the corporal works of mercy together. So part of the Pope's vision here was an understanding of all creation as it flows from the mind and heart of God, doesn't it? Pope St. John Paul II concluded that God has high expectations for the Christian family. Its role is central, he said, in advancing God's reign on the earth. And he went on to say the Christian family is called upon like the large-scale church to be a sign of unity for the world, and in this way exercise its prophetic role of bearing witness to the kingdom and peace of Christ, towards which the whole world is journeying. That definitely, Leslie, is the domestic church in action, isn't it? Right, and and what better way to be a witness to the kingdom of God and the peace and love of Christ than to be intentional about involving our families in corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Amen. So our last strategy today 
our final one is celebrate families. What do we mean by that? Perhaps one of the most powerful things we can do as families and parishes is to celebrate the many ways that families are growing in their faith together. We can take an opportunity to highlight families in our newsletters, our bulletin boards, and on our website and social media. We can post pictures of families in action, like we're just talking about going out and doing the works of mercy, and invite them to witness to their faith by providing a few sentences, even a few, of how a particular experience helped them to grow in their faith. I think this is territory that we don't have going on much right now, Leslie, but is a wide open area. Well, one example I can think of is our local Parish Neighbors magazine, and they highlight a family in each edition, and I think they're doing a really nice job. Yeah, I always love to read that section about a family that they're highlighting. So this is a wonderful scripture from St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, Leslie, that I think we can entrust the families and these strategies to the Lord and his kingdom. In this scripture, St. Paul says this, for this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with the power through his spirit, and that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. He said, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever." Now, when Paul prayed that, Leslie, he was invoking families in heaven and earth. And he was calling upon the patriarchy of our heavenly father and then asking that we bow our knees before him and all the families on heaven and earth would have this divine connection in the kingdom of God. I think that's just a beautiful scripture to end on, Peter. So could you take a moment now to pray for our families and just invoke God's presence on our families today? Yes. Heavenly Father, we hold up all our families within this listening audience. We hold up all the families, all the families in this nation. And we cry out to you that you would send renewal and rebuilding to every family unit. Holy Spirit, we're in such a need for you to visit the families, and we ask that you would take some of these strategies that we've presented on this broadcast, and that you would begin to truly rebuild the family as the domestic church, as our church is teaching us. We ask this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you, Peter, for all that today, and especially thank you listeners for joining us as we seek to connect individuals, families, and parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. And make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith. faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. 
Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy, 105.7.